Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner. I'm here to help you get financial independence, quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never ever have to work a job again. And today, I am super pumped to bring on a fantastic real estate investing expert. By himself, he and his wife have 300,000 square feet of storage units, and he's going to show us how investing in storage units is an amazing way to make money in real estate and how we can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, 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 what is up? Super glad to have you. Well, actually, blessed as always to have you here on the show with me. And I got to tell you, so something happened recently. Well, last week I reported that my wife and I are having another child after 11 years of not having a child. We're getting back into diapers. We're very, very blessed by the Lord to have another baby. Um, You could learn more about that in the last episode. But this is what happened recently. So you guys know, I always talk about building the business when we are investing in real estate. Like We do not just buy a property and hope that we're going to make money on it. No, we build a business. We get the right experts on our, basically in our business, not on our team, because they're not necessarily a team. They are our contractors, our employees. They are people that work for us. Well, I've had the same property manager for literally 12 years, I think. And this company has just started to go downhill. And I started noticing that this property manager wasn't doing very well. In fact, one of the properties in March of 2023, so this year, she or the, the property manager has a bunch of employees, the one over my property. She said, hey, with this property, it's normally renting for like $900. We could rent it for $1,200 if you put about $12,000 worth of work into it. I said, well, that's kind of a lot, but sorry, $300 a month that's what $3600 a year you know it'll it'll make it up plus it'll be a nice property let's go ahead and try it well from march april i tried to list it in march april may june and now it's literally october and it's still not rented they started at 1200 all the way down i kept lowering it it's like okay now 1100 from 12 to 1100 then $1000 now $900 and 899 or 895 or something like that we started getting people wanting to look at it I was like, I cannot believe this property manager has screwed up so badly and has not, like the property is still not completely done. Well, fast forward, there were so many other things about this property manager that I was just starting to realize, you know what, I need to stop having this property manager take care of my properties. So it happened. I actually had to fire my property manager because they were horrible. They just got worse and worse and worse because they probably have too many properties. The main owner of the company is trying to franchise his property management company so other property managers can pay him money to do whatever. Anyways, it's the guy just took his eye off the business and my business started to suffer. So as soon as I realized, man, it's time to get out, there were, and trust me, there were so many other things that were coming up that I just could not stand anymore because in the end, it's this is the way that I feed my family. My properties, if they're not rented, I can't feed my family. And so it has just been a trying time with this property manager. And these properties are in Ohio where I invest. 
and I am blessed to have a new property manager overseeing these properties. And you guys know when we build the business, we do not just hire any property manager. We don't just hire any contractor. Like We do our homework. Just like if you're going to be hiring somebody to run a business, let's say you had a pizzeria. Well, you needed a manager to manage all your money, manage your customers, manage your employees, your inventory, your property, your business. You're not going to just grab somebody off the street and say, oh yeah, you look like a manager. You come on in here. No, you're not going to do that. What you're going to do is you're going to interview lots and lots of people and ask lots and lots of questions. So that's the same thing that we do. And that goes into what I have done in my business, had to fire my property manager. It's a bummer thing to do. I never want to do that. I literally want to keep my property managers forever. So they just, they just keep running my properties. Now I've done that. Now, with that, my new property managers are taking over very well. I'm very encouraged with how they're going. But that leads into what we're going to be talking about today. Now, our rental properties are fantastic. I love residential. Residential is so, uh, it's not necessarily easy. Now, when I say easy, it's for me. I have 30 plus properties, so it's easy for me. I've done it so many times. You might be thinking, I've only done it once, or I haven't done it at all. Maybe I've done it like five times and I haven't scaled the business. Now, in scaling the business, it's creating the systems and procedures and processes and people in place to make sure that you are doing everything right. And I have lots and lots of episodes. Like if you are just now recently starting to tune in, check out like literally 200, almost 300 episodes now, just me showing you how to do this. Definitely go back and check out all those episodes. We also have my group coaching that I do. I have the, the courses where I literally teach you and coach you. So you can check those out. Links will probably be in the description for you to check those out. But what you do is you build the business, and this translates into what we're talking about today. I am super encouraged and want to do this myself. I've been wanting to invest in storage units. Now, storage units, storage facilities, when there is a problem in the economy, storage units are, oh my goodness, they're going to be making so much money. Back in 2008, when sadly people were losing their homes, they had big homes, they had to either downsize or move into a rental well, they had stuff. It's hard to get rid of a lot of stuff, so they get storage units. But the great thing about storage units, just like rental properties, everybody needs a place to live. But storage units, they make money whether the market goes up, down, or sideways because it's basically resistant to recession. And the reason why is because people always need to place their stuff somewhere. If you have a really good facility that people can put their stuff in and pay you, let's say, $100 a month, $200 a month, something like that, my goodness, you can make so much money without worrying about the toilets leaking or electrical things or, you know, roofs or, well, you got roofs there, but it's not nearly as bad. So anyways... I am super pumped to share with you a guy that I met. He's actually been coming to RubeCon. He's going to be speaking at RubeCon, teaching about storage units. He is a fantastic real estate investor, and he is investing in storage units in the Midwest. And he talks a little bit about where he's doing it, how he's doing it. But you absolutely need to come to RubeCon too, so you can learn more about how to do the storage units investing, as well as meet me and all the other influencers. We have like 50 other real estate investing influencers there all about giving. So definitely check the link in the description and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your ticket to RubeCon. It's all about helping you. This year it's going to be St. Louis. I'm super pumped to be in St. Louis at Fantastic, amazing hotel. It's like a theme, mini theme park. It is so cool. But anyways, let's jump into today's show where we are going to be looking at storage units, how we can invest in storage facilities, make lots and lots of money, and how we can do it right. Here we go. I bring on my friend John Farling on the show, how he's going to show us how to do it as well. All right, here we go. Hey, John, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, hopefully provide some value here. 
Man, this is great. So we have a mutual friend. His name's Seth Williams. He has retipster.com. Super good, awesome dude, uh, good friend of mine. And he was interviewing you. And I saw the interview. I was like, man, this John guy knows what he's talking about with storage units. And knowing that I actually have lots of people that reach out to me wanting to know about storage units at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. We have people saying, oh, I want, like, can we get some teaching or, you know, some an expert coming here about storage units? And then seeing... Seth interview. I was like, dude, John knows what he's talking about. Like every, everything that you were explaining was great. So I wanted to bring you on because I know there's so many people that are going to love hearing about storage units. Now, talk to us a little bit about why storage units over, let's say, not, not necessarily like it's better than any other asset class because you've done uh, single family homes, but why do you prefer storage units? So it's funny. That's a good question. It's funny. I remember when I when I found storage, I was I had a few single family rentals, uh, did a flip here and there, and was looking to get out of my nine to five, and was looking at everything: small businesses, apartments, um, car washes. And at the time, I'm like, I maybe could scale with single family rentals, but it's a little bit tougher. Uh, you have to buy portfolios, but my single family rentals were almost too passive. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. And obviously if I had a hundred of them, they wouldn't be that passive. But I realized a couple of years after having single family rentals, they may not fit my personality. Self-storage has real estate investing elements to it, but also business elements as well, which is cool. Um, there, There's something I can do daily in my storage business that you can't really do with, with single family rentals. Uh, you almost have to keep growing or you're rehabbing or, you know, whatever, you know, it's basically putting out fires with single family rentals with storage. My on, I don't have to necessarily acquire more. Um, there are business items that I can do daily that, that I enjoy. So that, that was probably the number one thing that drew me into self-storage. And I love it because your podcast is the do more podcast, which is super fun because I'm definitely a doer. I love doing things. I love being able to uh, really just build things as well as the value that I put into something that I get the full benefits of, as opposed to working for somebody else, they yeah. get part of your benefit of the, what you're what you're providing or what you're doing for them. And so I'm definitely a doer. So I resonate with that at all uh, as well. Now, with that, you didn't start, like probably didn't start investing in single family homes and just, you know, out of college, or maybe you did, but talk to us about before getting into real estate. What were you doing before? What got you into investing in real estate? Yeah, so I, I guess I can go way back. My parents, um, they were in real estate one way or another. They built spec homes kind of on the side. Um, they also had, I think, over the course of time, two uh, two rentals, I believe, one duplex, another rental, just because they kind of somewhat fell into them. So. And, and my dad was actually a real estate agent for a little bit too. So I've always been intrigued with real estate, have always been around it. Um, but then, yeah, after college, got a, a couple outside sales jobs, worked for an electrical contractor. Uh, I'm in Ohio and uh, live in Columbus, Ohio, and worked for a local uh, family-owned, not my family, but a family-owned electrical contractor, doing outside sales, wore a bunch of different hats. And... Saw, I guess, a little bit more of entrepreneurship and enjoyed, you know, I, I after a little while, I realized, okay, I enjoy entrepreneurship, maybe not in that field, but I do enjoy entrepreneurship. Um, I coached basketball while I was working there as well. And then actually, we had our first kid in 2014, 
And leading up to that, I knew, one, I was quitting basketball, so I'm going to have more free time on my hands. I'm quitting coaching basketball. going to have more free time on my hands. And then, two, what happened was I started doing, you know, once you have your first kid, all these thoughts run through your head. It's like, okay, can I afford to pay for college for them? What's that look like? And then it's like, okay, let's pull out a retirement calculator. What am I going to be able to retire with and when? And all those numbers, while I made decent money, um, all those numbers just didn't <laughs> sit well with me. So that led me down the path of, you know, let's look in the real. I, I think it was right away. Let's look in the real estate investing and and really bigger pockets was and a couple other podcasts, but bigger pockets was the main one that really dove into and just kind of you know, caught it from there. How did you move into storage units? Because, well, I, before I get there, if you bought a storage unit, because you're buying a business, which I love, I, I'm a business owner. I'm a, I'm an investor, but I'm really a business owner. And the business that I have in investing is all of my properties that I own, that's inventory for my business. And it's all about my business. And I love owning businesses because the value that I keep creating, if I do different things to make it worth more, then I make more money, which is great. Now, in a self-storage facility business, what would the, I mean, is there a way that you can give me like, okay, this is the average profit you can make if you bought a, let's say a hundred unit or 50 unit or whatever it might be. Is there any numbers that you can kind of, because to quantify, okay, how much money can we make and how many properties are going to take for us to be able to replace our income? Is there any way to do that? Not really. So I'll kind of back up a little bit. So self-storage, you should have better returns than any other real estate asset class because you are going to have ebbs and flows and rentals, right? Not everyone needs a storage unit. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job, I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. Where single family houses, people need a place to live. Apartments, people need a place to live, right? So that those are a little bit more predictable. Self-storage, um, really COVID, <laughs> blue storage up. In a lot of positive ways. One, you had more rentals because people had more money. Um, you had more people moving. You had more people at home. Just a bunch of factors. So you had more rentals. And then you also had investors come into the space because they saw, oh, I'm having problems evicting my office tenants or my retail tenants or my single family or, or multifamily tenants. And with storage, you don't have that problem. Um, most states within 60, 90 days you can get them out and really no fuss. Um, and there's other factors there too. Technology and a lot of things have changed um, self-storage. But yeah, I mean, 
long story short, self-storage ebbs and flows in terms of demand. And you need that, especially in uptimes, you need that extra um, return because there are low times. And it's we're seeing as of almost, we'll call it 10 months ago, kind of a dip in in storage demand in rentals. Um, and that's a lot of factors, but a few of them are um, the, the COVID money's you know, dried up. You've got um, people moving less because interest rates are higher. And um, yeah, there's just not as much. We had so much shakeup in the past three years that now there's kind of a lull and occupancy rates have dropped a little bit. But yeah, to answer your question, you need better returns um, in self-storage compared to any other asset class. I love the idea of having a storage facility because if the market goes up, down, or sideways, people are going to be storing storing their stuff. Just like a residential home, I, you're 100% right. Like everybody needs a place to live. And so they absolutely need that, which is great. But at the same time, if they lose their home, sadly, if the economy changes and people start losing their jobs, they might lose their home and they have to downsize or something. Right. It's not easy to get rid of all your stuff. And so the easy idea is let's get a storage unit. Um, yep. Okay. So exactly. Now, here's what's really interesting. If we're going to get into storage units, actually real estate investing in general, when I do any coaching, or let me even say that uh, all of the YouTube videos that I create and the podcasts that I put out, the ones that the what I know my investors, the students need, they don't really watch those. Like they need to know how to manage the property. They need to know how to build the business. They need to know how to make sure that it's kind of constantly making money, but they don't watch those videos. The the people that aren't students yet, the ones that are just kind of like, well, how do I do it? They go right to how do we find the properties and how do we pay for the properties? Those are the two most watched videos on YouTube and everything, podcast. And so in that perspective, Let's jump in that because they're going to be thinking about that. First one, how do we find the property? Second one, how do we pay for the properties? And then we'll get to what I really want to know is how do we make sure we're doing it right? How we make sure we're running the business, getting the right customers in, bad customers out, making cash flow, all that sort of stuff. But let's jump into because they're going to want to know this. How do we find the properties? And then how do we fund these properties? Yep. And it's going to be just the same as any other commercial asset class. Um, Storage has... When I got into it in 2019, it has changed, as I, I talked about earlier, because of COVID. Um, it was a little bit easier to find deals then. But even at the time, it's like with any real estate. At the time, the deals that have turned into home runs now, at the time, I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work. I may make a little bit of money, but maybe not that much. Um, so you don't really know until uh, ever even deals today. Every deal I do, I'm questioning, like, is this really a deal? Um, but yeah, to find them, obviously you've got off, off market. I've found most of mine off market with direct mail um, letters. And for myself, I'm more quantity over quality. So I'm in Ohio. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, which is center of Ohio. I go within about an hour radius of where I live. And those, and I, I look at smaller markets. So those are the markets that I'm basically looking for deals in. And I'm trying to build relationships with these sellers. I'm not trying to lowball them. And I tell them that I, I want to make, them feel good, feel like they've got a win and that I have a win if if you know if we do a deal together. So that's kind of where, you know, again, it's it's quantity over quality. I'm not sending many letters out and I'm all I'm also following up with these owners three to four times a year. That's how I do most of my deals. Um, but then you've got you can 
you can drive by, you know, just on Google Earth, right? You can look through Google Earth or a town and say, oh, that's a storage facility. Look it up, look up who the owner is and, and send them a letter, call them. Um, another way is through brokers, which is just like any other asset class, tougher to start until you've got some deals under your belt, especially some deals from a broker. Um, that's just going to be tougher. And then there's wholesalers that there are some on Facebook, some legit, some aren't. Um, but yeah, those are really the, the three main ways, just like any other asset class. Um, and then you ask funding, same thing. Uh, now I will say with storage, there is, there's, we'll say more options. There is another valuable op- option that I've done a few times, and that's an SBA loan. Since storage is also considered a business, you can do an SBA loan. Right now, there's probably not many of them going on because interest rates are high and you're probably around nine and a half to 10% for an SBA loan. So it's a little bit higher. Um, the ones that I've done in the past, the rates were super low. I was under, I think, sub four um, interest rates. So, but they have favorable terms. Um, you can possibly bring 10%. 15% down, sometimes zero money down for SBA loans. And that's why my first, yeah, my first two deals were SBA loans. And I did 15% down with both those. Was able to get into a larger commercial asset um, with less money out of my pocket. So that's why I went with an SBA loan. But yeah, other than that, um, I, I will say to add, Storage is still somewhat new, even though it's become popular over the past three or four years, still somewhat new to some banks. Not all banks treat storage um, like other asset classes. So you you may have to make some calls, but yeah, your local community banks are, are great to deal with for, for self-storage. Would you recommend somebody investing out of state, let's say somebody lives in San Francisco and like, well, my area all around me, it's like, it's really expensive. And I want to, man, Ohio might be good. Indiana, like places where it's going to be a little cheaper uh, or a lot cheaper. Would you recommend doing this like remotely or setting up a team? Like, how would you be able to do that if you didn't want to be as hands-on as you are? Yeah. And actually, as of now, I'm, I'm, pretty hands-off, especially on-site. In fact, I would say half my facilities I've not been to this year. Um, So yeah, with with that said, a lot of my friends, a lot of the guys I network with that own self-storage, I'm kind of an anomaly to where I do own near near where I live. Uh, Majority of my friends do not invest where they live. They have to hop on a plane to to go visit their sites. So that does a couple things. That, That one helps you um, create systems and have a true business as opposed to, you know, kind of having a hobby, which the first couple of years is kind of what I had. I, I was happy enough to be able to leave my nine to five. So if I had to go paint bollards or cut some weeds, I was happy to do that because I wasn't working a nine to five. I'm a different spot now. That's not what I want to do. That's not the best use of my time. Um, but if you're buying remotely, you can't do those things. And it forces you to have a business day one. Um, but yeah, it's uh storage is you're buying a commercial asset. So it's easier to buy, to put systems in place to where you don't have to be on site. And uh yeah, I would say I don't know about majority, but there are a lot of self-storage owners investing out of state from where they live. 
Well, this is definitely getting to where I think everybody needs to know this systems and creating this business around your property. Because when you have a property, you want to make sure that's running. Like That's why I have master passive income. I love that when I bought one rental property, I created a business so that it ran on its own and I hired other people to do the work. And then every single month I made money and I didn't do any work. And I thought I've literally mastered passive income because I don't do anywhere. My property works for me. My property managers, contractors, they do all the work too. Okay, so I love the idea of creating a business and creating systems. If we were gonna be doing this far away, let's say, you know, a couple of states away and we need to create business, the business and systems, how would we go about doing that? Yeah, so to keep it somewhat simple, you have kind of two options to where um, you can hire a, depending on the size of your facility, a complete third-party manager that handles everything. Um, and you're more or less, you should, in my opinion, you should still have your hands on the business and see what they're doing to make sure they're doing a good job. Um, cause they are third party manager. They're supposed to be doing everything, but as you know, you know, you know, I'm sure other people have used property managers. know they probably won't do the things the way you may do them or as well. Um, and sometimes that's, that's fine, right? Most times that's probably fine and it's good enough. Um, but there are sometimes that things sneak through the cracks where it's like, yeah, this is not good, whatever it is, customer service. Are, or are there many, are there many of those property manager companies? Because, you know, for single family homes, there's lots of property managers, even way more realtors, but you know, there are property managers. Are there, are they hard to find for your storage units? They're harder. Yeah. So it's not like I can find, a, you know, if, if I had 20 single family rentals in Columbus, Ohio, I could find property management company that's local. Um, that's not the case with storage. There are less, there are more coming on board and they look all, not all of them, but a lot of them look different. So you have the ones that are full blown. Here's my property, take care of everything. And then you have on the other spectrum, um, you can have, and a lot of these you can hire out too. And if you want to, we can go into it, but on the other spectrum, you can hire just a call center that's answering your phone calls renting units for you, taking payments, and then you yourself manage a local person on site that is there, depending on the size of site, maybe an hour a month to 15, 20 hours a month, depending on the size of the site. Um, So that's kind of the two spectrums on how to uh, manage remotely. I'm somewhere in between where I use, I don't really like calling them a call center. They are a hybrid management company, in my opinion. they answer calls, rent units, take collect money, um, and then they also communicate. We communicate with them through an app, but they communicate to my local helpers at each site. So they are, in a way, I wouldn't call it managing, but at least delegating and following up with my local helpers with simple tasks like clean out a unit. Someone just moved out, get it rent ready. So I'm somewhere in between there, and then I also have an operations manager and a district manager that that takes care of, uh, that watches everything, takes care of contractors, vendors, and anything else that may pop up. So yeah, there's there's a kind of a wide range there. And there are more companies coming on board. Three years ago, you didn't have these kind of options um, as storage has become more, I guess, known as a true investment in the investor space. Uh, more true property management companies are coming on board and we have better options. That's great. Okay, so we let's say we did 
figure out a way to manage a property well, whether it be in hybrid, whether they have a call center or you, whatever it might be, it could be the owner operator where you're doing it yourself. We're managing it now. Let's say that now, how do we make sure we find the right customers? How do we make sure we price it right? I mean, there's so many like just business questions from the customers, yeah. pricing, um, making sure that you're with seasonality, you know, that, all these, but you have probably have a lot more understanding of what goes into the systems and making sure the business is running well. Yeah. Well, and with stores becoming more popular, they they have software now to where you you really don't have to do much as far as rates. They the the AI software figures it out for you. Um, but so going in day one, we'll start there. Going in day one when I take over facility, I'm looking at the market rates in the market. So I'm looking at who's highest, I'm looking at who's lowest, and I'm trying to find their occupancy rate as well. Um, if someone's super high, but maybe they've got a special that's running, I don't know, six months half off or six months a dollar, whatever it is, they're ramping up and they have high occupancy, right? So I'm trying to look at all those little nuances in there too. But I'm looking to be not the highest day one. And th- these are for existing renters. I'm looking to be kind of like a B plus range, right? To where if someone gets upset because I'm raising rates day one. They don't have many options other than go to like a, a, I don't want to call it dump facility, but a facility that's not as as managed as well as mine. Um, that's going to be their only option. And more than likely, those facilities are 100% full, so they can't go there. So their only options are the B plus up to move to. And at that point, they're going to be paying more. So that's kind of where I start. That's existing renters. And then, um, and I'm going through this right now because I'm I'm getting ready to close on two facilities. And and then after that, it's all about occupancy. Um, I'm not I'm not as concerned with competitors in the market going forward. After I take over, I'm looking at my occupancy and it's per size. So if I have it's like the airlines, if I have two 10 by five units left, my rates are going up. And the software that I use, I can put these numbers in there, but I do track this. At least weekly, if not a couple times a week, I'll go in and check to see who's moved out, who's moved in, where numbers are, what we need to do to to change them. So yeah, it's really it's based like it's based on um, it's called yield management, just like what the airlines and what hotels do. Um, and I'm really not my competition is myself, and um, it's how we base rates off is yeah how much availability we have. How do you find customers then? I mean, is it a lot of marketing? You have to put up flyers. What do you do? Yeah. So I'm in smaller markets, um, towns from, we'll call it 10,000 to about 70,000 within like three to five mile radius. And we do, sometimes we run Facebook ads. Um, sometimes we run Google ads. Um, sometimes spare foot. Um, we make sure that our website is listed, if not at least on page one. Um, at minimum page one, if not top one, two, or three um, results. For the most part, those right there take care of move-ins. Um, and then every once in a while, we'll put um, certain properties. I'll put uh, just yard signs in if we have a special going on. Sometimes we'll collect a renter or two from that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of... Location is less important now than it was five, 10 years ago for a storage facility. So most of mine. Maybe I don't say all of them, but most of mine are not on busy roads, main drags. Um, they're kind of a road off or you know behind an industrial complex. 
where you're looking on Google to see where it's located. So that that's how they're finding us. So what would you say would be the highlights and the lowlights of running a storage facility? Because I could say <laughs> single family homes. I mean, it could have a tenant trash the place and then, yeah, that's a pretty big low light, you know, like, it, or if you buy a house that you it needed to be rewired for electrical. Yeah, those are low. But the high points are, you know, man, you can make a good amount of money. You can scale the business. You could use other people's money. So what would you say are the highlights and the low lights of storage facilities? Yeah, um, I'll start with the low lights. So, and I'll, I'll tell you a story to kind of encompass everything. So, my very first facility, uh, 2019, closed in June, and we were going on a family vacation to Florida. I think it was like 10 days, 14 days after I closed. Fortunately, I had my local helper already hired. Um, but while we were gone, literally, as soon as we got to Florida, I got a phone call from my local helper. He calls me and says, Hey, we've got someone on site. Looks like they're living on site. Um, they have a dog. They're also screaming at each other when he showed up. Um, he is then like, this is all like on the phone talking to me. He's like, I found a few locks on the ground. Looks like people have broken in. Um, there's needles from drug paraphernalia on the, on the ground. So I literally had like run the gamut, uh, my very first month of ownership and I wasn't in the state. So I had to, I had to count on the little systems I had in place, which was him. Um, on how to try to figure that out. So that was not fun. And and since we have had people living in our our units, um, but now we have systems in place to where it's like, okay, here's step one, do this first. Then it's step two, do that. So you come up with systems and procedures to take care of that stuff. And that's kind of the highlight is storage is, especially when you scale, you're able to create systems and processes to take care of anything. And then I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can hire most of that stuff out and I don't have to worry about any of the low lights and, and really the people that I've hired and they're awesome. But really, they the first times going through finding someone living on site isn't fun, right? You just it's it's heartbreaking. Um, but after you're through it a few times, it's like, I know the steps. These are the steps and they're going to find somewhere else to go go lay down at, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I love storage. Um, I, again, it's to me, it's a, it's a business and it's real estate. So I get the best of both worlds. How many facilities do you have now? Or is it units? Do you call like how many units do you have now? People talk. Yeah. For the most part, people talk square footage when it comes to, um, storage facilities, but I've got 13, uh, including the two that I'm getting ready to close on, um, uh, which is about 300,000 square feet, just a little bit over um outdoor parking and um yeah and some of actually i've got one town where i will soon have five properties in one town which i think is pretty cool because i'm buying up market share and that town is actually the one where i have the hardest time finding renters because it's getting to be saturated um and actually u-haul is coming into that town as well so to me it's well i could either run away from it or I could keep buying more market share and go and fight the big boys and hopefully win or at least come out favorable. That's that's fun. So 13 total facilities and yep. that's a lot of square footage. That's that's fantastic. And how do you continue to scale? Do you partner with people? Do you have other investors that come in with you? Is it all like just you and your wife and you guys own it? How do you guys continue to scale that? Yeah, it's just just me. My wife is here for the ride, but it's just me doing it. Um, she's here for support. Uh, but yeah, it's just me. I've not taken on. I guess I've I've done 
my dad lent me some lent me some private money one time and I paid him back in I don't know six months or a year. But other than that, yeah, it's it's my own money and I've done it a bunch of ways. And I mean, I'll be honest, my first few properties I um I did use cash that we've saved saved up, um, tapped into HELOC. Um, and then at one point, actually uh, this was right after COVID, and I got some kind of COVID relief from it. Um, cashed out our 401ks. Um what else? Sold all four single family rentals. And then I've done some cash out refis to kind of keep loading the chambers. Um, Cause yeah, at one point it's like um, I've wasted all my bullets. I'm either going to have to find uh, private money or money partners. And I have not done that yet. And there's obviously you can scale much faster doing that. Um, I just haven't done that. I've done anything by myself and it, it, so far it's been to me, it helps me sleep at night. I do have partners, I guess, technically the banks are partners, but I've done everything with my own money and then recycled through equity of the properties and using that money. That's super encouraging. Now with commercial loans, because I mean, these things are coming to my head as I'm thinking about it, because the reason why I don't like investing into multifamily is the five year, usually you have to, after five years, refinance the property because it's a commercial loan. And I was like, man, I just love the 30 year fixed. Conventional loans, once that's paid off, it's paid off. And again, I just get tired of having those loans, having to refinance it because it costs a lot of money to refinance. And a lot of companies that do uh, multifamily, they want to sell the property to somebody that wants to pay higher and hopefully make some money on the, you know, on the sale as well. So it's, I guess, I'm assuming it's the same, similar type of setup. So are you planning on refinancing? Are you planning a seller? Or how do you look with at your properties with these commercial loans and the fact that they come... Uh, either do or basically have to refinance every five years. Yeah. So mine, I shoot for 10 years. Um, the ones I'm getting are, <clears throat> they were semi non-recourse. Um, things have changed in lending environment really this year. Um, and now they're, I think there's a threshold. It's either three or 5 million to where if you're under that for a loan amount, um, it's not non-recourse. So the deals that I've done this year are not, are, I guess, are recourse. Um but yeah, I'm getting um, 10-year terms, 25, actually getting a 30-year amortization for a storage property, which is um reason they're doing that is because interest rates have gone up so much. Um, but yeah, 25-year AM for the most part, 10-year note. Um, it's usually, so if I'm doing that, I'm following 10-year treasury um, and I'm getting uh, a spread above the 10-year treasury is my interest rate, which for the most part might, might have been pretty low. But yeah, that's, I shoot for 10 years if I can. I don't like going. So you would that. refinance after the 10 years? Yep. Or yeah. So or you plan on holding onto these? I plan on holding them as of right now. Yeah. I've I've tried selling a few in the past. Right now, and I told the broker and he's a he's a good friend of mine. I'm I'm not a good seller. Um, I'm an investor. So it's gonna take someone to really say, here's your here's your uh, your lottery ticket, basically, we're going to overpay and and give you your a number that you didn't even think was unmanageable. Oh, With totally. the lending market right now, it's that it's not possible. So, totally. And once I own something that makes me money, it's like, why would I sell it? I right. I could literally give it to my kids in the in yeah. the future. Like it's it's just making me money now. If it's a bad asset and no longer an asset becomes a liability, then I look at it. But yeah, it's really hard for me to sell when that when when I'm making money on it. Um, yep. Now with that, 
you're going to be coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference where you're going to be sharing on the self-storage, teaching even more in depth. I love that. But also people are going to want to, so everybody, if you come to Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference next year, it's going to be in March, 2024, and it'll be in St. Louis. So you definitely got to come hang out with us, get your tickets. It's The promo code is going to be podcast. So check the link in the description. If you use a promo code podcast, you get 10% off your ticket. Come hang out with with um, with all of us great investors like, like John and myself trying to help people out to invest. But with that, John, I know people before then are going to want to start talking to you, possibly working with you or seeing how to invest in real estate. How can people find you? How can they maybe possibly reach out to you online? Yeah, they can find me at uh, l4investing.com. That's just the letter L and the number four, investing.com. Um, that's really for me to find leads. But um, myself and another a friend of mine are we are growing a community right now that um, we're we're trying to do storage training. We've done technically two classes now, and and soon to be four events. So we are kind of we want to help out. We want to give back. We've seen how much not only uh, real estate investing, but specifically self storage has changed our lives, and we want to share that information and talk self storage, business development, a little bit of personal development, and uh, yeah, l four investing dot com is the best way to reach out to me. And everybody, he also has a podcast, the Do More Podcast. It's definitely something you should check out as well. But John, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me on and excited for March. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.